Welcome again to another edition of the Red Reporter Podcast. I'm BK. Well, actually, we can kind of go by real names, right? Well, yeah, we, uh, because we can't go we, uh, by our aliases anymore. Yeah, we uh, changed our, our handles on the site to reflect our real names. So. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. Or, I mean, Justin Bob. This is Bob. Brandon Kraling. Also noted, although I'm still going to probably be BK. Those are, those are your initials. Yeah. Yeah. My initials I get, are. I get, I get yeah. called it even at, at work and stuff. There so. you go. Yeah. I, think, I think PK is permissible. Yeah, it's fine. There you go, yeah. And uh, alongside me this week in studio, I have uh, Scott Hoberg. Scott, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well, yes. Uh, so my name is uh, Scott also. And then, uh, you know, Fordham Ram was my former handle, but that's not, those aren't my initials or anything, obviously. FR? FR. Doesn't really have a ring to it. It really doesn't, no. And uh, in, uh, I don't know, by satellite this week, I guess, via Skype, we have uh, Wick Terrell. Wick? Hey, guys. What's going on? How is are it, we? Is it Terrell or Terrell? It's Terrell, right? Yeah, it depends on which part of the country you're in, really. So Terrell. Terrell Owens. Yeah. I'm going to say it like that. Yeah. And just, uh, just Kentucky is just one syllable. Terrell. <laughs> <laughs> Terrell. Hot Terrell. <laughs> <laughs> and also on the phone this week we have uh carrie moss carrie hello what's up chilling yes sir groovy so uh let's begin i it's been a little while since we've done one of these it's yeah. been probably i don't know at least a month uh two months actually has it been two months uh just judging by the <clears throat> last dates of the podcast in which i saved them as files yeah yeah so uh so i it's been since the first couple weeks of the season, I think, is, is when the last time we checked in. Um, we're recording this on June 5th. The Reds, it's uh, draft day for the Reds. That's the big story. Um, uh, it has not happened yet as time of our recording, so um, we're not going to really talk about it. Yeah, exactly. So until it happens, right? So, so uh, you know, we can, we, we're going to talk about other things. So if you TiVo <laughs> the draft, you know you do not have to worry about listening to this because there will be no spoilers. No spoilers. Yep. And uh, right now, what's what's the Reds' record right now? Does anybody have it off the top of their head? Not good. It's not 27 great. Twenty-seven and thirty-one, maybe. Twenty-seven and thirty. Twenty-seven and thirty. Yeah, they lost two out of three to San Francisco so. after one in the first game. Yeah, it's it's been a rough road here the last last couple of weeks. It looked like they had kind of got something back together on that last road trip. But, huh. Yeah, and that will happen um, when you play, you know, the terrible Diamondbacks. Right. So. So I th- I think the way that we're going to start, just since it's been so long, um, just what's everyone's uh, impressions of the team so far? Well, I'm basically getting the same. Uh, feeling of apathy or growing uh, you know, restlessness that I received in 2011. I think the team in 2011 compared to this year's team, you know, they share a lot of similar characteristics when it comes to their inabilities to you know, really get on base at a regular level, uh, you know, have innings in which you have those individuals with decent on-base percentages get a one hit after another. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have the team just go into prolonged slumps in hopes that the rotation will bail them out. But often mm-hmm. enough, the rotation just won't do it because, yeah. you know, they're humans. Well, and obviously injuries have been a huge part of this team so far. 
you know, you have Joey Votto missing significant amount of time, Jay Bruce missing a lot of time. And so, and Devin Mezzarocco has been on and off. He started the season on the DL. So it's, you know, I think the offense is really the thing that we look at. And when we look at this team underperforming, I think we can kind of point to the offense and say this hasn't been good enough. But at the same time, the injuries have definitely not helped that cause. The pitching's still been okay, and that will be getting better, hopefully, with uh, Matt Latos' return. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel as bad as if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that we'd be around 500, you know? Right. I mean, the only issue that I have is that we haven't been above 500 at all this season. Yeah. At all. You know, it isn't like floundering one game up and then two day games down. It's just we've consistently been losing, you know, if not salvaging split series, it's losing two out of three to the good teams, you know, to your uh, Giants, to your Dodgers, to, you know, the teams that we're trying to look to beat in October. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the only teams that we've really, you know, excelled against this year are the Pirates who are regressing a little bit and, uh, you know, in some cases, the Brewers, but, you know, we've had their number the past year, few years anyway. Uh, how about you, Kerry? Yeah, you know, I think the thing that's most disappointing at this point in the year is that, you know, the Reds have gotten quite a bit out of those, if you will, X-Factor players. You know, the Devin Mesorocco, Todd Frazier, Brian Pena. You know, if, if going into the season you had known that they would have produced at the plate at the level they have, you would have felt pretty good about this offense's chance to score enough runs, but mm-hmm. it's kind of the guys that we've learned to count on that have uh, just fallen so short this year, either because of injury or otherwise. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's, there's just not a lot to be inspired about in terms of uh, the way they're playing now, but I do think, uh, you know, a bit of bad luck has struck them, and, you know, that might turn around. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a, it's a bit of a disappointing stretch to watch this for sure. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is the schedule didn't help. I mean, up until what the the start of the homestand two days ago, the Reds have played the third fewest home games in the entire major leagues. And we know in the past they've played very, very well at home. They've struggled a little bit on the road. You factor that in with the fact that they've missed Fado, they've missed Bruce, they've missed Latos, and I'm running out of fingers to be able to count all the guys on. Um, it was just kind of a, you know, a, 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 a one big ball of bad news the entire first you know, basically two months of the season. But at the same point, you know, there's a core part of this team that's got experience with making a midsummer run. I mean, even in 2012, I'm just looking it up right now, the Reds were 19-19 and 19 through 38 games and then went on to win 97 games, you know, including missing Joey Votto for two months in the middle of the season. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, the pitching staff then was basically the pitching staff now, assuming Matt Latos gets healthy. Mm-hmm. And the bullpen started to stabilize a little bit. That's something that was a major issue through the first portion of the season. And while, you know, Votto's not back yet, Jay Bruce is, but didn't exactly bring his bat with him, there's still a chance for upside. So I think the way I feel about it is it's been disappointing, and I still think they've got a chance to really improve on stuff, but the window for them to be able to pull it off is shrinking really, really fast. So I feel like we've got to get Latos back, get Votto back, and get Bruce to start hitting. And if that happens... You know, coupled with, you know, picking up a bunch of home games between now and the All-Star break, there's a chance. But 
it's got to start happening sooner than later because they can't keep pushing it off any farther. Right. I, I, I agree completely. And uh, to Carrie's point, when it comes to, you know, those X Factor players that we were talking about, you know, Devin Mesrock has been playing out of his mind the first couple of uh, months of the season. And in all honesty, if you look at Billy Hamilton's numbers, he has really, you know, while he hasn't, you know, become the instant all-star that we hope that we kind of hope that he would become. He certainly has shown that he can play on a major league level, especially, you know, if you take away, you know, his at-bats against Adam Wainwright, if you take that stuff away, he's actually, you know, very, very good top of the top of the lineup numbers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's hitting, what, almost 270 after starting the season, 0 for 12. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's been so, yeah. okay. Like, he's not been the problem. And you factor in his right. defense, and he's been one of the Reds' best players. Honestly. Mm. Yep. Well, and to Wick's point, you know, really, if, when you say that the team is, out, you know, under 500 to start June, you know, you do just instinctively kind of start figuring out when to pull the plug and when to, to do that. But at the same time, the Reds division has not also been that great. Well, yeah, the, the leaders. I mean, only, the Brewers. Yeah. The Brewers started out really well. They're they're still well ahead, but the Cardinals cooled off. Um, the Reds are, and the Reds find themselves tied for third going into today at six and a half games out, which is you know with four months of the season is plenty doable. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that might end up being the most frustrating thing about this season is that they're good enough to have this discussion every week where you know there are reasons to believe it can or will get better but it just you know until you see it it's like god how, how long you know how long can you watch without being without getting discouraged and you know I, I think it's it's one of those things where you know the players like that uh, wick mentioned earlier that you, we've seen these guys do it before um just a matter of if it's coming Right, and if you're Walt Yockety, or Jockety, as most people call him, uh, you know... Doing that he, Giannis, Giannis soft J? Soft J, yeah, your Jens, as uh, Tom Brenneman likes to call him as yeah. well. Paul yeah. Yannis. Yeah, he's going to be in the rotation by the end of the month. Yay, Bruce. Uh, yay, Bruce. Uh, if you're Jockety, by the end of the, you know, uh, that's also something that you're going to keep in the back of your mind, Kerry. It's that, well, you know, yeah, we're... You know, we have a losing record, but we're only four out. Well, that's that's the other the caveat, though, is that, I mean, how many teams can look up and honestly say that they've got a, uh, an arm the caliber of Latos and a bat the caliber of Votto coming back, you know, before the trade deadline? And we know, you know, yakety has got a, a history of waiting for guys. He waited on Lubbock last year right. uh, instead of making a move. Like he's, he's a patient guy. Even, the, you know, the fact aside that he's not signed beyond this year, he's shown to be pretty patient about making moves um, and not being too terribly drastic with stuff. And, you know, the Reds are 27 and 31 updated standings, it looks like, and they're three games out of the wild card. You know, you're three games out of the wild card with Votto and Latos scheduled to come back. Mm-hmm. And I think what it really comes down to is, you know, there's there could be a difference between what's quote-unquote a successful great season and a season that gets you to the playoffs. And I think it's out of question for this year's team to have a great season, Probably, but there's still a pretty decent chance that they could be good enough to squeak into the playoffs, and then who knows, you know? Right. And, yeah, exactly. Once they get there, who knows? So we could be like, what, 
what year did the Cardinals finish with like 86 wins and then win the World Series? Is that like oh, oh nine? Oh nine? Oh, oh, no, it was before then. I thought it was like oh, uh, oh six maybe. Oh six, I think so. Yeah, that could have been it. Yeah, they, they they squeaked in as the the, the last wild card with <clears throat> 86 wins and then just took off. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, at, actually, speaking of uh, Latos coming back, Wick. Um, he uh, made a rehab start yesterday. As, I mean, yesterday relative to when we're recording, obviously. Um, apparently, he got pulled in the fifth inning, but it was not injury related, from what we're hearing. So, it sounds like his return to the rotation is imminent, which leaves the Reds in quite a little pickle because they have they have five guys in their rotation who are, probably should be major league starters right now. You know, I kind of disagree with that. <laughs> uh, see, well, and you have so you have you have the three no brainers in, you know, Johnny Cueto and Homer Bailey, and Mike Leak. Mike Leak is the other guy I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. right? Where they're they're going to be there regardless. And then you have Tony Singrani and Alfredo Simon, which of the two, Alfredo Simon has absolutely pitched better. Yeah, well, if I can give myself a little pat on the back here, uh, if you'll recall, I kind of broached this subject when Latos <laughs> was due back the first time. Um, and, you know, at that time, I, I thought Simon should stay in the rotation even then. I, everyone thought that was ridiculous. And it kind of was. I, I was kind of going out there. But, I mean, I think right now Simon's just pitching better than Singrani. And I want, you know, when you're already struggling to win games, I want to stick with the guy who's pitching better. So I, I'm I'm sticking Latos in there and moving Singrani to the pen until uh, needed. Right, and I think the problem with Singrani, you know, maybe it's just reaffirming what the fear has been since he came up here. It's right. that he has one pitch that's major league ready, and he's incredibly hesitant to throw anything other than a fastball. And, you know, if you're a major league starter, that's something exceptionally difficult to do. You better be throwing, you know, 105 on a regular basis, uh, you know, in order to do that or have exceptionally wild movement on your fastball. And Singrani doesn't really have that. What got him by on his fastball to this point has been his deceptive delivery. And it seems... You know, over the past couple of starts, hitters are actually starting to figure that out second and third time around. You know, it, it may be more beneficial to him to either consider, you know, either, you know, placing in the bullpen or maybe even, you know, going down to AAA where he can throw breaking stuff on a regular basis to get that major league ready. And if not, then eventually maybe come up and put himself in a position where he is a reliever, which is what he was prior to the Reds drafting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I lean um, with Kerry, too. I think that, you know, right now you do have – you have a guy in Alfredo Simon who's pitching as good as any major league starting pitcher in the league mm-hmm. right now. And, you know, it's – this is the kind of thing where if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know. And – I think that, well, and especially when Tony Singrani is the other guy, you know, a guy like, as, as you said, Scott, a guy with really one pitch that he uses and doesn't really have a ton else, and a guy who is still kind of working to put innings on his body. And I think that, you know, starting, he's, you know, started the season 
in the rotation I, and actually took a little DL stint when, um, you know, allegedly he wasn't hurt. If, if you would have asked him, which, you know, when they put him on the DL because they had some off days, so they went to a four-man rotation real quick. Um, and then, you know, it looks like they are trying to kind of limit his innings a little bit. I It wouldn't surprise me in the least that if they moved him to the bullpen just temporarily, you know, get that workload down, let him kind of get a li- little bit more freedom with his pitches, a little bit less pressure on him to, you know, throw six, seven innings in a, in a start. And um, let Simon kind of stay there and do his thing. Yeah, I, I think the one thing it's going to kind of – it might work itself out in the next two weeks is that, uh, you know, if they decide to hold Latos for one more start, which I'm not saying they will, but if they do, it gives them, what, another nine days before he would make his first red start mm-hmm. to sort out what's going on in the bullpen right now. I mean, you've already got Chapman as a lefty. You've got Marshall as a lefty. You've got Parr as a lefty. There aren't a whole lot of teams in baseball that carry four left-handed pitchers in their bullpen. And you know, if Marshall continues to either be not used, I think he was used today for the first time in a week, um, and Parra continues to not be quite as effective as he was in previous years, or at least last year, mm-hmm. um, you, you might see some sort of a move to get you know Marshall back on the DL to buy him some time to build up his strength, get Singrani in the pen for maybe a month or so and see what happens mm-hmm. and keep Simon in the rotation. But aside from that, I, I don't see them putting a fourth lefty in the pen. I, I just right. don't see how that's going to work. And Simon has been so good there the last two years that that's, you know, that's something that's hard to discount. But right. you know, and, if they get nine more days to kind of sort it out, it might kind of play out for him. You yeah. know, that, that would give Singrani one more chance to see if he's got uh, what it takes to make it back into the seventh or eighth inning. Uh, it gives Simon another chance to see if he can go out there and pitch like he's pitching for his job. Um, it's 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 tenuous, but it's also a good situation to be in. Right. You know, we've, we've got exactly. that, that sixth starter, which is yeah. great. You know, you can you can have a lot worse decisions to have to uh, have to deal with right now, right? You know, because either way, I mean, you you're gonna add strength to your bullpen either way, because when you know Singrani came up, he pitched in the bullpen that that one September and uh, was lights out that whole time, and you know you we obviously know how good Simon can be in the bullpen given that opportunity. So you know, really, there isn't a wrong answer here. It's just kind of strategy at this point, how they want to approach it. Right, and for Carrie, Carrie, I know uh, one of the reasons you know you mentioned for your advocacy for keeping Simon in the rotation was to possibly you know use him as trade bait. And if we're currently in this nebulous area, whether or not we're buyers and sellers, if we continue to tr- pull Simon out there and he's putting together quality starts. You know, a team's going to end up if we're going to end up being sellers to overpay on that, mm-hmm. which yeah. you know, is to our benefit. There's there's the decision that comes down to how much you want it to impact right now, and how much you want it to impact if they're still playing for something important in late September. You know, uh, Simon's not had a lot of innings on his arm the last couple of years. If he's pushing 180 innings when the Reds are a game back from the wild card and playing in meaningful games in September. Uh, you know, and Singrani's just been kind of sitting there. Uh, you know, do you want that to happen to where one guy's rusty from not being a starter and the other guy's up against an innings limit and faltering because he's exhausted? But, um, you know, you want to factor that versus how much is the marginal difference between keeping Simon over Singrani? But as next, Tom you know, Bre- starts. 
as Tom Brenneman may want to say, that's where Yer Yoryens comes into the equation. <laughs> <laughs> and while I say that mockingly, I also think that there is a realm of seriousness to that statement because. Holy Moses! Oh my! You know, if he, you know, he is a very, very interesting contingency plan that we put a flyer on and I think may ultimately, you know, help us out more so than when Dontrell Willis experiment, uh, you know, attempted to help us out a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I think that kind of, (laughs) you know, that move seems a lot like that Dontrell Willis move. So we, we talked about the rotation. And uh, really, I think the next thing I want to get to is where we see the uh, Reds going this just for the rest of the season. You know, um, we're not quite halfway through, but, you know, there's been a lot that really has kind of discouraged us about the season, about the Reds' plans to contend. And it's going to get to the point here within the next couple weeks where the Reds need to make that decision. Are they going to be buyers or sellers at the, at the trade deadline? So what do we think about that? Wick, how about you? <laughs> well, I, you know, it's hard to tell. There's, there's a lot that's got to happen between now and the all-star break. Uh, you know, the Reds just started a 10-game homestand now. They've got another very long homestand right before the All-Star break. I think it might be nine games right before the break. So they've got a good chance to make a push uh, over the next month. Um, and it really depends on that. You know, if they're at the All-Star break and there's still four games under 500, and at that point they're seven games back from the wild card with five teams in front of them, yeah, I think you've got to be, uh, you know, uh, reasonable about things, which is you don't sell everybody but you look to at least give yourself something that you don't have access to at this point. You know, if that's salary freedom by trying to, you know, hope Ludwig hits a little bit and you can trade him and save a million bucks off his salary, even if it's just that, and you can give time to a younger guy like a Donald Lutz in left field. You know, if, if you look up and realize that somebody's willing to overpay for one of the, the, the three guys that's going to be a, a free agent out of your starting rotation, maybe you consider it. You don't shop them, but if somebody's going to blow you away because Mike Leake is – uh, you know, pitched well for the next month, you consider it. But at the same point, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Reds do have a little bit of a run in them. And what I, I think will probably end up happening is that they'll be close enough towards the All-Star break, or not the All-Star break, but the, the trade deadline, mm-hmm. or they'll be within shouting distance. And if something's on the market worth going for, they'll probably end up going for it. And I think the fact that Jockety's in his last year, under contract probably will have a little bit of an impact on that. Um, uh, they've they've got the pieces if they're healthy, and if they come back and they're healthy, they're good enough to make a run. I'll tell you from my perspective, my kind of biggest fear for this season is that sort of the way they've been playing continues. Uh, they maybe play a little bit better, you know, get on a little bit of a run, stay within striking distance, but you know, never really get really really going. And then they make one of those moves to pick up a marginal player, you know, some league average left fielder uh, who will be worth less than half a win over the rest of the season, you know, and uh, trade away the already depleted, uh, you know, players from the minor league. So um, I would much rather see this team 
obviously go, you know, above and beyond that. But I, I'm just afraid that this year is looking like one of those years where they're close enough. And I, I don't know. I just think that this team's in such a tough position with the contracts they've got that they cannot afford to be trading anything of note from the minor league system unless you're getting a very impactful player, which I don't see happening. Well, I agree. I mean, you know, I think, you know, long term, you know, we've already invested money with Homer Bailey. It's going to be very difficult for us to possibly, you know, re-sign Cueto and Latos and when I say that, I don't just mean either Cueto or Latos. I mean both of them. We're probably going to lose both of them if, you mm. know, push comes to shove. Or leak, too. Uh, and really the only chips that we have in our farm system are starting pitchers. You know, your uh, Stevenson. Lots of outfielders. Lots of outfielders at the really low levels, but nobody that's close to being ready. Right. I mean, the closest, uh, you know, big-time prospect that we have right now is Stevenson. Uh, and, you know, under that, you know, we've got, you know, Winker and Irvin and, you know, just based on where we are, we probably do not want to trade them at all either. Uh, Not if we can help it. (laughs) Yeah. And this, this is really the way that this team is composed with its incredibly shallow bench with, uh, you know, the very, you know, uh, sporadic hitting that we've had that I am not convinced that we're just like one player away in our everyday lineup to mm. remedying, you know, it, it does not make sense to really bet the farm, pardon the pun, uh, in an effort to just strengthen maybe one person in the lineup. Yeah. Because really, who are we going, what are we going to do? You know, are, do you really foresee somebody in the on the free agent market that is going to usurp, usurp and outperform Cozart at shortstop? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see, you know, uh, Jockety or Yockety, uh, you know, creating something other than, you know, the platoon that Price is currently trying to assemble in left field? Probably not because there aren't going to be a whole lot of people on the market. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that, especially with the people that may be on the market, you're well, not talking about anybody that's really going to, you know, be that one player away that's going to propel us well, to I, make. I a think run. it's it's a little bit tough to say that now, just mm-hmm. based on that point because we don't really know what the market's going to look like at. You know, we don't really know. We we know you know a handful of teams that probably aren't planning on contending. But, you know, for the most part, those decisions aren't going to be made for the other teams than the Reds until a couple of weeks from now, too. So, you know, it's, my, uh, it's really tough my, to predict. My, my, my only prediction right now is that the uh, uh, the Reds will go out and trade for Marlon Bird now that he's owed uh, roughly mm, $12 million between now and the end of next year. <laughs> yeah, you know what I, I, I was going to say, you know, just this, this past series with the Giants, you know, it makes me... Kind of sad that we didn't try to kick tires on Michael Morris. Yeah. I mean, that... Or Nelson Cruz. Well, Nelson Cruz, too. Nelson uh, Cruz for $8 million. Right. And uh, Morris, you know, that. we were... You know, there were some rumblings that that might be a player that the Reds were interested in. And, mm-hmm. you know... Cruz would have cost us a draft pick, though, too. So that's true. Really. Morris would not have. Yeah, but then yeah. again, you'd have an everyday left fielder and not have to even worry about that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that, so. you know. Yeah, I don't know. I I definitely – the thing that I go back to with this is going to be exactly what Kerry was talking about where really the Reds aren't in a bad position yet, 
But at the, if they get to the point where they're they're playing just okay up to the trade deadline, to the point where they think that they might have not get still have a run in them. So you don't want to sell. You don't want to you know sell Brandon Phillips or a starter. Well, I, would anybody buy Brandon Phillips? But uh, it's trade deadline. You never know. Yeah. But at the same time, not be in close enough striking distance to want to go out and get a guy, and you know potentially help your team win now. You know, I think if it was up to me, it would. I would be fine if the Reds happened either way, you know, if, you know, for just the cards didn't fall our way this year, I'd much rather them, you know, do what they can to improve the team in years to come rather than just kind of sitting pat on the team they have now. Right. Exactly. Uh, so in other words, really, we just want to avoid the carry, <laughs> the carry situation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So in other so words, Red fans, was that Skype messing with me? That, I don't know. But you know, it, one me. In other words, Reds fans, please. You know, one me. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry. So to summarize what you were saying, Brandon, uh, you know, it's time for us to embrace our new purgatory overlords, right? Because as Reds fans, we're probably going to be in this nebulous area for the next few months. So yeah. get used to it. It's baseball. It's better than non-baseball. Right. It's all 2011y up in here. Up in here. Wait, no, that's more 1999. Never mind. 99? No, we 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 went for it in 99. No, I was going with the DMX reference. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, rough Riders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I, think, I think that's actually going to wrap us up this week. So uh, hopefully we're going to do this a little bit. More frequently for more here on frequently, out. and then you know at half hour intervals, it looks like we're about at. Uh, this is yeah. This will yeah. be our uh, yeah. We yeah yeah. We wait two months to uh, do a podcast, and it's our shortest one. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, we've got nothing to say. Hey, there's the Reds haven't given us a lot to talk about with the we, last. We're going to go talk about Tuki Toussaint now. Yeah, Tuki hopefully. Toussaint and Yer Yeryens. Yer Yeryens. all right well uh until next time um come visit us at redreporter.com um go listen to all our other back episodes of this Mm -hmm. subscribe on itunes as as you do wikipedia uh you know tukey toussaint and stanley tukey williams and why tukey toussaint would never wear a reds hat what about mookie blaylock should, should should they? I'm more a fan of. Uh, well, yeah, you can. You can. We should definitely have Dawkins. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, Travis Dawkins, Gookie Dawkins, uh, Mookie Blaylock. But if you Google Mookie Blaylock, you also have to Wikipedia Pooh Richardson. Or if you were a Kentucky football fan, uh, what Cookie Williams? I don't know who that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There aren't any Kentucky football yeah. fans, so no, Pookie jo- Jones, not Pookie Williams. There's an oh. audience of zero on this on this oh. game. Okay, was he was he the dude that uh, was choked out by Hal Mummy? No, he was a quarterback in like the mid nineties who threw for like nine yards and led him to like a win. So was he better than Randall Cobb? Nobody's better than Randall Cobb. Was he better than Jared Lorenzen? Mm, nobody's better than Jared Lorenzen. I would except, agree with except that. Except Randall Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> who was who was the guy that was the really really terrible quarterback last year? Oh, Morgan Newton was. 
was. Morgan Newton. That's who I was trying to think of. Yeah, yeah. Morgan Newton. <laughs> was he better than Morgan Newton? Oh, he was absolutely better than Morgan Newton. We're talking back in the uh, the Bill Curry uh, triple option days. Oh. Was he better than Juice Newton? Juice Newton. Good Lord. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, uh, for Scott and Wick and Carrie, I'm BK. We will see you next time on the podcast. Bye, guys. Peace. Olay.